0: Shalom. Our topic is tying tzitzit at night. I remember years ago, uh, I was in a base medresh, and there was an old Yerushalmi who was. Uh, people said he was a Talmud of the Chafetz Chaim, and uh, he would he would sit in the base medresh where I happened to be uh, learning, and uh, and he was tying tzitzis all the time. And uh, whatever we had, all sorts of theories that he was learning balpeh, but uh, somebody mentioned to me mentioned to me once that uh, uh, it's not so posh to, to tie titses at night, and I just filed that away. Um, uh, so, so I was interested in this particular uh, topic. Um, I I actually uh, came across it in a in a kind of a a uh, There we are. Uh, I came across it, across it in, a, in a roundabout way. I'm learning my nadorim. And I was wondering what chuvas quote the Rana Nadorim. So there was a chuva of Ravavad Yosef that quotes the, the Rana Nadorim and the Yabia Omer. And um, and I said, well, wow, interesting topic. Time sits at night. So uh, so uh, but but the but the Yabia Omer Chuva is extremely uh, uh, long and elaborate, and includes uh, pretty much everything um, everything mentioned on the topic, um, except perhaps something that was printed after Ravavadya passed away, so um, or after he wrote that shuva. So if you're interested in looking further onto this topic, there's a shuva uh, in bia Omer. That's Ravavadya's more extensive Shalus and safer. He has a a, a book called Yechave which was based on his radio shows. He used to he used to have a show. Uh, he used to give over a halacha every Friday on the radio. I used to listen every now and then, and um, and those were written up into Yechave Into Yahveda. But uh, but yeah, Bia Omer is a are much more extensive extensive shalos and shuvas uh, that he wrote throughout the years. Um, so, so there's an, in Omer, there's a, uh, there's a chuva on this particular topic. Uh, if you want, I can send it to you now. Um, what I did pull out and what we're going to deal with is an extremely, uh, concise chuba, which appears in the Prima The Prima is one of the major, uh, uh super 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 commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, meaning the there's the main let's say on an so you have you have uh, the Mugan of rum and the Taz and on the mugan of rum you have the primagunnims a of rum and on the Taz you have the the primagunnims Mitchpat Zahav. so if a um, if the, sorry, if the, if the Shulchan Aruch is the source and the Magan of and the Taz are the super, are the commentaries. So the super commentaries, sorry about that. The super commentary is the Primuganim. So, um, and he's a very, very important authoritative POSIK. And he has in, in, in Simen Yudchet and the Shulchan Aruch, so he has the following question and it's presented like a shaila. <coughs> um, may, if uh, tizzes were cut off, again, tzitzis, uh, cutting off the tizzes that would have puzzled the garment from a from a, a, a piece of clothing that is day clothing and he made titzitz on those clothing at night im is, is it okay to do that or not meaning is the, are the tzitzes that will be that will be made from that be be considered invalid he has another two topics that come up here uh, one he mentions at the headline vitzitzit shasan im olav uh tzitzes that were made on shabbos are they kosher or not and there's another question that has to do with kiloyim but tzitzes okay we're just going to focus on on um on this shayla and uh as opposed to the Abe omer which really covers all the material on the topic we're going to take this one very short topic a uh, very short source and try to see what's behind every every uh every line Answer: Yira de kasher afi Sambalal. It seems that it's kosher even if it was done at night. Now, uh, if you look in the Abiyah Omer, so his conclusion is is not identical. Now, if you were to be mediac from this, if you were to, if you were going to be very particular about his language and infer, so nira de kasher. It's kosher, even if it was done at night. That does not seem to be enthusiastic language. In other words, if we were to put this in halakhic terms, it sounds like it's kosher, but he have it if you did them at night, so it's kosher. No, not necessarily, but it does sound that way a little bit. If he meant that, that it's totally okay to do it at night, and so he would have said something, Lechatchila mutar l'ikshor tzitzit at night. Rav makes that very clear. Klal well, the principle that comes out of, of the words of the achronim is as follows, and there's, there's quite a few that deal with this topic. Shehadavar barur, it's clear. It's okay to make tzitzits at night, even lechatchila, meaning not just if you did them are okay, but if you're asking, can I do this at night? I want to start now this process. And you ask the rub before the fact, not after the fact. You ask him beforehand. So he'll say, fine, no problem. Now, this is strong language. There's no place to be machmir, meaning there's no room to be machmir. I wrote what seems to be, uh, in my humble opinion, correct? Now, I, I just want to throw in Mamish a gray box here, this expression, this abbreviation, Samachtet, that appears after uh, after the names of rabbis um, uh, puzzled me for, for quite a few years. The, the thing is, I never really looked into it. So I decided just, I was sitting one afternoon this week and I, I just wanted to look into it, see what it means. And again, I... Always thought it meant Sfaradi Tahor, pure Svardi. That sounded weird to me. That did not sound uh, the kind of thing that a person that so many people would write after their names. So it seemed to be a little, um, a little offbeat. True, uh, there is, there are those that that uh, refer to themselves as uh, Sfaradi or Ashkenazi. Um, just to take two of the greats of the of the Jewish world, uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Gloria Ashkenazi and uh, Ravi Moshe ben Maimon HaSfaradi, the Rambam uh, would refer to him as himself as the, the Sfaradi, but um, <clears throat> Tahor, Sfaradi Tahor, what there's something about having a, uh, a pure pedigree. Uh, and if there was a Sfaradi, you know, married to somebody from North Africa. He's from Spain. She's from North Africa. That's so terrible. So that's a very, it's a very kind of a difficult uh, explanation of that Rasheh Tevot. There are different theories. Here are two of them that I saw. And each one, I think, has some uh, support. One is that it's Sintin. Sintin. What is that? So there's a Pazukh. In Tanakh Kayam Nigrash Lo Me Mav Refesh Fatit talking about the Reshoim being like the the image of the Reshoim being like the sea, uh chased away like the sea, they won't be able to be quiet again, like the sea, me and their waters are are, I guess, pushing aside. Refesh uh, vetit, which is mud and 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 filth, filth and mud. Uh, so the targum on that is Um And sure enough, again, I was looking to see is there somebody who actually speaks it out. You would expect a with Rache tevot with with uh, abbreviations that at some point somebody would write it out. So I did see one time where somebody wrote sin v'tin v'katin, sin tin v'katin, that so then this is a way of speaking about how humble one is. And so it it, it came to be, according to this theory, it came to be uh, the same way somebody would refer to himself as hakatan, uh, for instance, a very famous uh uh, the posek, the the uh, Bal Mishnah Halachos, we've done some tshuvas from him. So the Mishnah Halachos, Rav Rav uh, uh, Menashe Ungavar I think is his name. So um, so he always signs his, his he always signed his name Menashe Hakatan, and many sign their names Hakatan, which is a statement of humility. So this would be another that would be this also. It would be a statement of extreme humility um similar to somebody you know referring to himself as a far dusted ashes so this would be refish fatigue um the person that i saw refer to himself written out as sin b'tin b'tin, was was somebody relatively contemporary what i was looking for which i did not find is somebody writing out in longhand uh this sin b'tin, or sintin uh in many, many, many years ago, and then seeing maybe you would have uh, a, a, a proof uh, that this is the correct uh, interpretation of this um There is another theory that it's sefei tav; its end should be good, meaning it's like a blessing. You say everything should be good for this person, and then it became a way of people referring to them to themselves, giving themselves a blessing. Um, okay, those are that's uh, that's that expression samerted. Now, um, what could possibly the pr- be the problem about tying tits at night? Well, uh, says the asui." <speaking in Spanish> it shouldn't be a problem. It's not a problem of tasa <speaking in Spanish> What is tasa <speaking in Spanish>? Well, the words mean make, and it shouldn't come from something that becomes made. That's the, the expression. Now, what is this concept? So, just I found you somebody who summarized the concept and where it appears in in Shas. Matzina This is from a, a book that I never heard of. In fact, it's even an anonymous book. Or chotecha lamendeni beilum shame printed without. But he very nicely. This is like I found a very nice succinct uh, summary. Matzina beGmarah sheish lachush letasevelam velominaase. We found that the Gemara to worry about the the concept of. Making something and it shouldn't become made. Be'arba mitzvot in four different mitzvot, the hainu. Tzitzit, Sukkah, Mezuzah, Rabbi Yehuda, Aflulav. These are the four areas where you'll find it: Tzitzit, Sukkah, and Mezuzah, along with perhaps Lulav, at least according to Rabbi Yehuda. And he gives you the quotes here: Tzitzit, Sukkah, Yad Aleph, Yad Bez, Ted Bab, lam, and Gimel, Menachos, lam, and Gimel, and Mem. Here's the source. It appears in the Chumash, when it talks about making tzitzit, it says, make tzitzit. Make a tzitzit, make a tzitzit. Make a sukkah. make a tzitzit. You should write it. You that. That's where it says that that's the source for this concept of by by mezuzah also. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, the lulav needs to be uh, uh, tied together, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and that's where there's a need for for making. Not only that, Rashi says so this really is a meta concept. Just like by sukkah, we find that there is an act needed in order to make a sukkah. The sukkah has to be, make a sukkah. The Torah says, make a sukkah. The sukkah, so the a rule of the sukkah is that it has to be made. Now it's true, the, the mitzvah of sukkah is living in the sukkah. The is living But the the mitzvah needs to be something that you make, and not something that ends up being made. Now, that might be a, a seemingly subtle distinction. Uh, but the idea is, um, and I'll give you a classic example, uh, is to make sure that the the sukkah, when you uh, set it up, should you should be creating Something where you uh, take a non sukkah and make it into a sukkah, but not where you take a puzzle sukkah and remove the problem. Example: Let's say you have a trellis which has um, which has many uh, um, uh, vines that have that have covered it on top, um, and you say, "This is wonderful for a sukkah. This is excellent." In in our yard, we have this area where, where the wooden frame has been totally covered by these vines. And this would make a wonderful sukkah. So you say, let's just, and we already have actually, let's say two walls, let's add a third wall, everything will be wonderful here. So comes the Allah and says, wait a second, wait a second, your sukkah is karka. your schach, excuse me, your your uh, the covering of your sukkah is connected to the ground, and that makes it invalid. So what do you do? So you say, okay, fine, I'll cut it off the ground. You go to your gate, take your saw, and you cut off the, the, the vines uh, all around this area of the sukkah. So it ends up that everything on top is disconnected now from the ground. Still not good. Why? Because you had a puzzle sukkah, and then you just took away that which makes the sukkah invalid because the schach was was connected to the ground. You removed that, and it ends up being a sui. It ends up passively becoming made. What you now have to do is to take off the vines and put them back on, Um Nothing magical about that, it's just otherwise you have a sukkah that wasn't something about which we can say that you made it, it was something that became made when you remove that which made it pasur, so that's the principle, now how would this apply to a sitsis uh, um, um, so Oh, here's why you might have theoretically have thought that tying to night is not a problem. Why? Because a day garment, according to the Rambam, is putter at night. Meaning, think of two different possible Varieties. the The Torah says um, that uh, we know that sitsis has to be a is a day mitzvah, but there's a very important machlokas rishonim about what it means that night is not uh, that sitsis is not a night mitzvah. The simple thing would be that sitsis uh, is you're not obligated in sitzes at night, and you're obligated in, you're obligated on sitzes during the day. Whatever garment you have to be wearing, if you're wearing it through the day, you're obligated. If you're wearing it during the night, you would be you would be putter. Uh, the tour presents, though, the machlokus Rambam or, or uh, the this this central machlokus Rambam and, and Rush. Uh, as follows night is not the time for puter. everything you wear at night is puter, because the time of night from kohavington to to uh to Nates or or whatever whatever when when nightfall from nightfall till daybreak there's a mitzvah that doesn't apply right now and that is the mitzvah of titsis even if you're wearing a day garment, you're wearing your daytime your daytime uh, clothing. And let's say you would have something that was uh, pajamas, and it's really a night garment. Um, so you would, and it was a four-corner garment, of course. So you would be obligated during the day. It's okay to wear tzitzes at night, but uh, you can't make a bracha on tzitzes at night because the nighttime is not the time of tzitzes. When do you make the bracha over tzitzes? In the morning, when you can tell the difference between the blue and the white of the tzitzes. That's the shir. Okay, that's that's how uh, how early in the morning uh, you would be able to uh, to make the bracha over tzitzis now here's the other side though V'av- my father a blessed I memory mean, the tours father was the was the rush ravyakov ben harush ravyakov ben Usher, the the balaturim perish sheinu mamayit elxus samyukh laila sheo sopatur afilim love shobayon uxus samyukh ba'al o alayon ba'al laila this halacha doesn't apply to times when the mitzvah applies, but the types of garments. What it's really talking about is day garments versus night garments. Day garments are chayav are, are in Tzitzit 24-7 and night garments are putter from Tzitzit 24-7. That's the that's the approach of the rush. Now, if we go back to the Prima he says like this, even though... Night is not a time of the mitzvah being obligatory, like according to the Ramba. So even though still now why might you have think? Why might you have thought that there's a problem here of tassev Well, at night, this is a garment that's not chayav in tzitzes. Just like let's take our sukkah, this is a uh, a sukkah. Who it, who has which has invalid schach? So there's a problem with this with this um, uh, with this sukkah. It has schach that is mechubel It has uh, vines that are connected to the ground, and even though they're wonderful, otherwise they're still connected to the ground. When I cut it off the ground, I have this problem of this is tzitzu, this is a sukkah that I didn't make, but one that became made when I removed the problem that existed with it. So maybe making tzitzes at night is something that I'm now not obligated in. And only when the day comes, will it be something which is uh, obligatory. So theoretically, he's saying you might have thought that this is a case of tzitzu, because because only when the nighttime, which is stopping you from being able to fulfill the mitzvah, when only when the nighttime leaves, will this be okay. So you have a tzitzit, you have a garment that's not, uh, that's not high even tzitzit, because it's nighttime. Now, why is that uh, not an issue? So he says like this, now, now, there are some achronim that took the Primaganim to task for running to something very, very distant. Uzman velo In other words, he said, he said, it's only considered, I'll, I'll speak it out, and then we'll see the, the source inside. The fact that something needs more time until it will be obligatory that itself doesn't create a problem of tassevalo And the analogy is, and his analogy is uh, from the world of sacrifices. Let's say you have a sacrifice that the time for that sacrifice is not here yet. So, um, a, a, uh, says the Gemara, when the time for that sacrifice being ready, being able to be fulfilled, is during the same day, we don't consider that a, a sacrifice that has this problem of zman, of something whose time has not come yet. Again, it's from the concepts from the world of sacrifices. Time comes by itself. Zman memelakasi, that's something that is, that is going to come by itself and it is not something where you have not created a good uh their korban or a good uh pair of tits because you didn't make it it ended up becoming made we don't cons- we consider you as having made those tzitzes these are tzitzes that you took a garment that was four corners you place tits on corner one corner two corner three corner four you made a kosher uh, uh, talis garmin I, it's night time and you're not obligated on it okay night will night will pass by itself so your sitsas we can say about them you fulfilled taase. whereas um, if you do an act which takes away the, the psul of let's say a tzitzis or or uh, or a sukkah like we gave the example of then you're into the problem of tasiv so you created a sukkah which ended up getting made now the this this uh, issue of uh of ein magusman yom it comes up in the rules of Korban Pesach and a, a, a Shita of Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra And it's a Gemara and Yafir Bez. Beis. And it's a statement of, of bay. But um, the contrast is with a... Uh, and, and, and I'm not going to go into it. But the contrast is with a, is with a, a, a halacha that does apply to tzitzis. What is a case where this problem of Taase, it does exist? Where is it that you have a problem of, of Tzitzes, which we can say is invalid because you didn't make it, but it ended up being made? Well, uh, that's Simon Yud, Sifhe of the Let's read it inside. Let's say a garment had three corners. So let's say you have some garment that has three, uh, three sides. Okay. Um, and then you added a fourth side. And you added tzitzis to it. That is an example of tzitzes that will be invalid because of tassev Because when you put on the first three garments, the first three tzitzes it was it was a begad that's not chayv in and then you added a fourth corner. Well, those first three were put on a non-four-cornered garment, and therefore. When you added the fourth quarter, you removed the problem, but those first three quarters ended up just becoming made. Now, again, theoretically, if there was no such din, or the, the, if we didn't have such gamars, we might have said, "Up, oh, whatever, whatever you do in order to make that sukkah, that that sukkah, that lulav, that uh, that mezuzah, that uh, those tzitzis, uh kosher, whatever that last act is, you're fine." We don't say that. We say that if your last act was removing a problem that existed beforehand, it's invalid. But if your, if your, la- if your act was to take something and create an obligated, uh, 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 a, mitzvah, a mitzvah object, so then that's fine. Says the prima Ga, based on the analogy to the, to the law of carbonos, when the only issue is the time, the time for the obligation hasn't come. That's something that's considered something exterior. That is um, something that will come by itself. And it's not something that you have to do to remove. So, therefore, what you already did was to make a kosher pair of tzitzes. And they're kosher right now when the time comes, you're going to be obligated in that mitzvah. That's the suggestion. What, what The idea being that when something like uh, time comes, uh, is, is, is taking away your obligation in the mitzvah, perhaps the idea is that this is a, again, I'm throwing out an idea. This is a legitimate mitzvah object right now, but just the person does not yet have the obligation, as opposed to the three-cornered garment was not a legitimate mitzvah object, and it only gets a new obligation when uh, the object gets a new obligation. The chayfetz gets a new obligation when it was conform- when it was when it was uh, transformed into a four-cornered garment. The the sukkah, again, some of the poskim say, hey, you can make a sukkah before sukkahs. Before sukkahs, you're not obligated in sukkah. So, um, isn't that a great analogy? What do you have to run to Zvachim? That's one of the things they critiqued. critique. But let's just look at that they, at the difference between making a sukkah before sukkahs and cutting off the branches uh, that are connecting the schach to the ground. So, when you um, when you uh, uh, make a sukkah before sukkahs. You totally made a sukkah the only problem is the person is not obligated until sukkah comes but the sukkah is a good sukkah you created a mitzvah object that's 100% complete the man's time has not come yet whereas when you when you uh when you made a, a sukkah where the you had three walls and and the schach was a was a uh, was a connected vine. Well, right now the, the mitzvah object is not a kosher mitzvah object because it's bakhubar. And you're cutting it off is what makes the mitzvah object the mitzvah object. So the removal, what you did was you took away a problem, but that was acting on the mitzvah object itself. So that perhaps is the is the distinction that the um um that the that the is making uh, based on this analogy to this rule by korbanos when when the object is a 100% complete object you made the object and we can say about it uh uh hagasukotase or um, or vasulakhamtsitit or Uchtavtem. I, it's night now and you're not obligated. Okay, that's something that affects the person. That's not something that affects the mitzvah object. Whereas um, the three-cornered garment now getting a fourth corner, the connected schach now being disconnected, those are acts on the mitzvah object that were made it deficient beforehand. And now it became a sui when you remove that problem on the mitzvah object but the nighttime was not a mitzvah object issue. It was an external object issue. It, it, it was a person. It was a human issue as opposed to an object issue. That's the, that's the suggestion for the understanding of the, of the, uh, of the primagodim. As I mentioned, the, um, the, uh, the primagodim is the, it sounds to me like that's the earliest source that deals with this topic directly and uh the post scheme all the many posts that ravavadya quotes they reference this prima i don't know if every single one does but they but they reference the prima godim some have a question here a question there a comment an elaboration whatever but um, um the um the well, the upshot of it all is is that not only is it kosher that might you might have gotten the misimpression from from the prima not only is it kosher to make sits at night, but according to Ravavadya, you can hundred uh, percent uh if somebody asks you, Can I make tits at night? I say go right ahead. Is it the best? Is it ideal? It's hundred percent fine. That's the that's the approach that Ravavadya says with regards to um, uh, to tying tits at night. So so uh, again it's it's Yabia Omer uh section chilik. Uh, Chet, eighth chapter, and an Orachayim, section three. And uh, this is a prima gun the, at the beginning of, of, uh, of uh, Simon Yud Chet in Shilkonar, which is about sitzes. And he brings it as a shaila, um, along with a number of other things. But uh, the upshot of it all is it is, it is totally okay, according to Avadia. And it sounds there. There's no reason to think otherwise in the in the prima gaudium, except for the Lushon, But the Svara doesn't imply it. Uh, it's totally okay to tie tzitzis at night.